This is 69 The Podcast. I'm Dave Haynes. 69 has been covering the digital signage industry since the dawn of man, first online and now as a podcast. The goal on here is to make listeners aware of interesting companies, smart people, and new technology developments, all of them meaningful in making digital signage projects happen. I try to help listeners understand sometimes complicated subjects and why they should care. The podcasts are free and I try to get a new one out weekly, but things happen now and then. The 69 Podcast has been gratefully sponsored and supported since the start by Jeremy Gavin and the fine folks at ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. ScreenFeed makes beautiful-looking, totally automated content for signage and digital out-of-home networks. Check them out at ScreenFeed.com. 69 has been around since 2006, and the publication and podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which provides customer engagement solutions for business. You can find them at Spectrio.com. Spectrio has been around the digital signage and on-premise media spaces for a bunch of years, growing both organically and through acquisitions, and increasingly making digital signage the main focus of the Tampa area company. I've known of Spectrio for a long time, but I've really come to know some of its people in the past year, when we got into discussions about 169 being acquired by Spectrio. That happened, and this podcast and publication are now part of Spectrio but my business partners have been fantastic about letting me continue to just do my thing and make my own editorial decisions. I've wanted to do a podcast for a long, long time with Spectrio, way before this happened. We finally managed to make it work. In a conversation here with Jimmy Hunt, who is the VP of channel sales for the company, working out of Dallas. We had a great conversation digging into how the company's partner channel was formalized last fall and how it now works for Spectrio. We also get into what Hunt and his people are seeing and hearing in the end user and reseller marketplace. Notably how customers are now tending to fully understand and value the importance of well-executed and relevant content. Jimmy Hunt, thank you for joining me. Can you uh, give me an idea of what your role is at Spectrio? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my role is VP Channel Sales and Business Development. Uh, specific to the channel or overall? Yeah, so we focus, uh, my my main focus is is within the channel. So uh, I handle all of the indirect sales. So uh, resellers, channel sales, um, the sales and the account management side all roll up to me. Okay, so you're nurturing a ton of partners. A ton, yeah, and it's been very interesting. It's been a good blend across media, publishers, AV, IT, um, and agency space. And you, you formally launched the reseller program back in November, but I'm, I'm guessing that you kind of had resellers prior to that. Yeah, so I've been in the reseller space, gosh, for about 15 years. My sole focus has been selling through the channel. Uh, our methodology is pretty straightforward and simple. It's a one to one to many. Um, previous to Spectrio, I focused mainly on the media and publisher world. So dealing with um, some of the largest media companies in the country across TV, radio, print, and digital. Um, so we had a program in place, yeah, but <clears throat> it was great in Q3, Q4 to really formalize that um, and make it applicable to Spectrio moving forward, as well as the other industries such as AVIT, manufacturers, distributors, etc. How many partners do you have at this point? So roughly, we are we are roughly over about 120. Um, so prior to that announcement, we were we had about 60, 65 meaningful partners. Um, so we've doubled since then. So it's been a it's been a busy a busy Q4 and a busy Q1, but it's been great. Um, mm-hmm. Really, really doubling down 
on the things that are working. And we've seen a lot of, uh, a lot of excitement across the space. I was curious about the, your, your qualification of meaningful. Uh, <laughs> I, I imagine I, I have seen lots of partner pages on websites of companies where I'm looking at their partners and thinking, I wonder if they even really know each other. <laughs> That's a, that is a really, really good point. Um, so for us, um, I mean, gosh, that, that's a that's a really good point. Uh, for us, uh, I always tell my team that we're not we only win when our partners win. So if we're going to be a vendor and we're going to sit on the sidelines, then expect uh, for those uh, for that partnership to not be meaningful. So what I mean meaningful, I mean we really dig in with our partners. We try to position ourselves as true thought leaders um, to be consultants to be advisors about our partnerships, but overall the space in general, right? So we have to make sure that we can not only address the day-to-day, the week-to-week, the month-to-month, but also help steer our partners and educate them on what's happening in the industry. Um, and a lot of times it's 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 really just connecting other partners together. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. it's a product or service that we uh, we may not even sell or be, or, or be interested in, but if we know partner X over here does this very well and they're good people, we like working with them, um, then we'll connect them with partner, partner Y. So this is a lot more than preferential pricing. It's, you know, wholesale pricing or whatever you want to call it. You're, you're, you're doing buddy calling, you're doing support and training and all those sorts of things. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, Again, the only way we win is when our partners win. So we have to make sure that they understand the products and services from a training perspective, from um, a service perspective, a workflow perspective, really understanding it, again, from the very first conversation to delivery of signage or whatever the product may be, that we at least have a hand in that. And there are some partners that want us to be super, super hands-on, have things white labeled. And there's some that say, hey, we're going to be the sharp end of the spear. We just want you to support us. The good thing about our leadership and the way we've built the partner program is that we can kind of cater to um, any any type of scenario, right? So whether we're working with a global distributor or a local agency, we can find a way to dig in and uh, be flexible and fluid to help their help their goals. And really it's, it's at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's understanding what benefits them. How can our product and services and moreover our partnership benefit our partner? And, and when you're doing that, uh, you know, th- there's obviously a lot of uh, digital science, CMS and solutions options on the market. How do you distinguish uh, what Spectral brings to the table versus, you know, the, the other guys? Yeah, so I think it's I think it's three I think it's three main things, um, especially in my world. Number one, it starts with that partnership. Again, it's it's to be quite honest, when we're talking to new uh, AVIT resellers or um, anyone in the reseller space, we actually rarely lead with a product or service. We lead with our ability to be a good partner. And so everything you said earlier, all the all the training, all the QBRs, all the collateral um, certifications, etc. That's really what we lead with, and we and, and I've I've found that there's uh, you know just kind of the way the world now there's a lack of that partner support partner management, um, mm-hmm. so that means applying a uh, account executive on a particular uh, partnership um, and everything kind of under the sun there. I'd say secondly, what I'm hearing more and more is content. Um, I think Spectrio is really primed right now to set ourselves apart by. Uh, not just providing a great software and a great service uh, through digital signage, but then taking them a step further 
and saying, well, what's going to be on the screen? And asking that simple question, do you have a strategy to showcase the highest quality video content or static imagery possible? And sometimes it's yes, we have a strategy, but a lot of times it's no. Um, and they haven't even really thought about it. They may have an internal marketing team. They may have an agency. doesn't really matter to us. We can, we can again, work and fit into their strategy. So we're finding right now one of the biggest uh, things that's setting Spectre apart is our ability to produce video content for digital signage and really for the partner itself and their clients at scale. Dave, we're producing upwards of, I'd say, um, 75 to 10,000 pieces of content, 7,500 to 10,000 pieces of content a month for partners all over the world. Um, and again, that's, that's my background. So different mm. than a lot of folks in the, um, reseller space and at Spectrio, they come from digital signage background. I come from a media and content background. So being able to blend those two is, has been really, really fun and really exciting. Um, and I think third to answer your question is as you're aware, we've acquired a, uh, um, a lot of different platforms, right? So now we have what we believe best in breed to say, okay, well, this piece of this functionality really applies to this industry and this vertical with these types of clients versus just saying, hey, we have one platform, use it or lose it. We can really customize our strategy and our solution um, to go across the board and help many different industries and many different verticals. Yeah, I, I'm guessing that's... Uh a bit of a challenge in that through acquisition, you, you've acquired a number of CMS companies that, that have different kind of variations on the same thing and uh, how you sort out which is best for each. It must be helpful to say, well, let's, let's build this around content and not worry about uh, features and specs so much. Let's think about what, what's the best platform for that need. Exactly. I mean, and we have a lot of experience, um, first off, our C-suite ELT um, kind of across the board is, 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 is really specific and careful about who we're going after from an acquisition standpoint. Um, and they have made some really amazing choices and um, allowing us to really highlight and complement what we're doing today without being extremely disruptive and or taking a 180. Um, mm-hmm. And I would say, secondly, it's, it's, it, especially in my world, in the channel BD world, it's 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 really about leading the sales conversation with discovery, right? Going back to that core value of what are your pain points, what are your roadblocks for 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 you as a partner, but more specifically and probably more importantly for your clients, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's working with the AVIT reseller that focuses specifically in the finance category, or whether it's a media company that has twenty five thousand automotive clients. Um, it's, it's really taking a step back and understanding what, how, how, how can we help you get from point A to point B? And then from there, that helps determine which platform um, and what pieces and uh, what pieces of the functionality we can apply um, to best help that partner. So who's doing the discovery? Because you, you could have salespeople and channel salespeople who are, you know, they, they have pipelines to fill and everything else. They've got quotas to hit. Uh, they don't necessarily think of themselves as uh, content and strategy consultants. Right. Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, it's a it's a unique blend between marketing, product, and sales. So um, through some of our acquisitions, we've uh, 
we've just obtained some of the absolute best, most brilliant, brightest folks in the space. I'll speak about one specifically. Uh, Christian Armstrong came from Industry Weapon. Now, he's been doing it for 16 years. Um, he manages our largest partnerships as well as our largest clients um, through through those partnerships. So he has a unique role where he's um, he's handling a because he's, he's kind of taken on a sales engineer as well as a product specialist role. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we bring in our VP of product, who's just another wonderful hire a couple of years ago, a guy named Brandon, Brandon Mullins, um, who's just a genius. He is, um, he runs all of our product and BD efforts. So having him um, really kind of scope out from the get go. Okay. Well, this is something that is viable for Spectro. This is a good target. Um, and then really what, you know, once we do that, we really try to, try to capture that and productize it. Now, every partner, every industry is different, but though we are flexible, we still like to um, put things in a quote unquote box and then scale. For mm-hmm. me, it's all about scale and volume. So it's, 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 it's finding the partners um, that have a lot of, a lot of endpoints, a lot of clients that we can then go after and uh, partner and produce um, a high volume of revenue um, as well as uh endpoints. Hmm. Uh, that's interesting because I, I would imagine some of the industry perception of Spectro is there's a company that's been growing through acquisition. They're, they're, uh, they're acquiring IP and they're acquiring customers, but I don't know how many people think in terms of they're acquiring human talent and right. pe- people who they're deploying into, you know, as you just described. Yeah, so I think that's the honestly, Dave. That's that's my biggest one of my biggest missions this year is 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 to get the Spectro name and the vision and our um, methodology out in the space. I think I think you're right. Spectro is sometimes seen as this big or a or a a growing company that's growing through acquisitions, um, and we are obviously, but uh, we have uh, really focused on getting the right people. And I think that allows us to do both, um, having a Christian, having a Brandon and um, some others as well um, on board allows us to grow the right way. Um, even the folks from the ABN acquisition, they are they are surprising me in, in a good way every, every single week, um, just how they went to market, um, obviously focused in the automotive industry, but how they went to market was different than how industry weapon went to market and very different from how I went to market, but we're trying to find the commonalities both from a strategy standpoint and then also finding the right people to, to, to take what they've done in the past, tweak it um, for a future focus um, and really grow the partnerships that way. Mm -hmm. What, what, what's the size of the company at this point? Yeah. So we're a little over um, uh, four, four hundred people um, and growing. Um, we have a headquarters in Tampa. Um, I'm based in Dallas, Texas, and we have people all over, uh, but a a, a, um, a big population in that Tampa, Miami, Florida region, as well as Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, okay. And and the Charlotte office would be through, that was one of your uh, acquisitions going back like three, four years, right? Right, right, right. And so um, the, the Charlotte uh, office is, mostly consist of sales, uh, management, and there's a um, handful of marketing folks there as well. And are you active in other countries? 
We are, yeah. So we are international. Uh, I would say a majority of our focus is U.S. and Canada. Um, yeah. But we are we are active in other other countries. It's it's it depends really on our on our um, you know how how we want to grow our international presence. Um, it will be very specific and strategic, and will most likely go through uh, resellers and partners. Obviously, it's 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 one of the easiest ways to get traction there fast. Um, but uh, there are, I guess, there's 33 million or 30 30 million plus SMBs or small to mid, um, small to medium sized businesses uh, across the U.S. So there's plenty, plenty, plenty to have here. Um, mm. But some of our acquisitions in Canada have been very interesting and, and allowed us to have a different perspective and to really see growth there as well. Yeah, you bought uh, Screenscape. What about a year mm-hmm. and a half ago? Two years. Correct. Correct. Yeah, and uh, I'm talking about um, a couple guys that have stayed on. One of my top top sellers. Um, has stayed on, lives in lives in Canada, and really kind of taken on that whole, um, taken on that whole channel market himself, and it's just done very, very well. Hi, I'm Jeremy Gavin, CEO of Screenfeed. Now, I'm not put off by the fact that you're not listening to this podcast to hear me. Just like audiences to any digital signage, you give your attention to content you find interesting or helpful. That's where my company Screenfeed comes in. Our sole mission is to make your digital signage network more valuable by making content that is more valuable to your audience. If you'd like to drive more attention to your screens, visit ScreenFeed.com to explore the 75-plus content options we've created to do just that. And then give us a call. Now, back to the podcast. In terms of vertical markets, where are you guys seeing growth? Yeah, so I'll start with my team, um, and then I'll talk about the Spectrio at large, but really from our, our focus, again, uh, from the channel side is where we are targeting resellers and channel partners, um, in three main categories. And so that's media and agency. So that's everyone from the Gannets of the world, um, mm-hmm. to spectrum, et cetera, uh, TV, radio, print, digital, um, second, and probably our largest and fastest growing is AVIT. So those are, those are, those are all the big players. Um, in that space. And again, through the acquisitions, we, I would say we work with 60 to 70% of the top players in that space, but there's a whole bunch, um, mm-hmm. that we can, that we can also go after. And then the third is, is, is kind of an interesting mix. Um, and these are, and these are, these are more true partners than they are resellers. Um, and that's everyone from manufacturers of screens, mounts, et cetera. So think of Sony, LG, et cetera, all the way to uh, BrightSign, Elo, and more of that player manufacturers. Uh, and those have been really interesting for me because there's, it, it's, it, it makes so much sense, right? If someone is out there um, um, securing deals and lots of endpoints selling their hardware um, and they can have the conversation to say, well, have you thought about a CMS provider? Have you thought about the software piece? Um, that's where we're seeing a, a lot of growth. And those partnerships are fun, right? Because like I said, it's less of a sell. It's more of a true value out of saying, okay, well, we have this you know, 2000 uh, location retail chain that we're trying to chase. Um, and we know that they need hardware, but they're also going to need the software. So let's introduce the Spectrio folks at the right time. Um, so that's, so that's our chase from a industry perspective, from a vertical, uh, perspective. It's, um, it's probably what you would imagine. It's healthcare, QSR, retail, automotive, higher, higher education. For me personally, higher ed has been super fun. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually having, having a blast with that just because 
talk about uh, an industry that could really use most of our services. You go mm -hmm. on site to a big university or college college campus, you could say, well, their auditoriums and their stadiums and basketball arenas have a ton of screens that also need high quality content um, and as well as you know, wayfinding capabilities for the campus itself. So it's been really fun trying to dig into that uh, vertical more. They can be kind of messy though, can't they, the higher ed, because you have individual schools that have their own IT departments. Oh my goodness, you're absolutely right. Uh, not not only that, it's 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 it's, uh, it's the schools. It's also the athletic departments, um, and a lot of the build outs of the various buildings and infrastructure is all different, right? As you know, like you would have one part of the campus be renovated a year ago, and the other one hasn't been touched in 25 years. So um, that's why having the product and sales engineers alongside of me pitching those uh, types of clients has been crucial. Um, and also just kind of understanding what are their needs now versus what are their needs in two or three years. Mm -hmm. there's, there's been endless discussion about uh, how the IT and AV worlds are converging and they, they, they ought to be best friends forever and so on. Uh, but it, I would say it's only been in the last couple of years when You've really started to see that happen. I was intrigued by Diversified bringing on a new CEO and their their founder is kind of not stepping away at all. He's going to be very, very active, but much more mentoring. But their their new CEO comes out of IT services. So they, they absolutely see that's where the future is. Yeah. So without, you know, having specific details of um, their org and why they did that, I think overall, that is going to be the trend, right? We're going to see, and it's not just IT, right? I think I think you could slot in content there. I would not be surprised if 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 there's some big changes um, and in the C-suite across the various resellers bringing in people that have um, strong content backgrounds um, as well as IT. I think we're going to see more of a blend, right? It's it's mm -hmm. we're getting to the position where it's almost annoying. I can't go anywhere without looking at screens. When I was in the airport yesterday, I probably said, and it was technically my day off. I was visiting my family in DC and my team was like, please stop texting us. But I was in the airport just taking videos, <laughs> at the videos at the bar, at the restaurant or in the concourse and all these different types of functionality and services. And, and I think there's just, it's becoming so apparent and just con consumption and consumer behavior um, is really going to help drive this blend of, okay, well, AVIT actually needs, or you know, AV needs to be more of a lockstep with IT as well as content. So uh, I'm not surprised by that move at all. And I think it's just, it's uh, probably going to work very, very well for them. Yeah. I, I, it's again, interesting that in the last little bit, I haven't seen anybody stand up at a conference or publish something that says content is king, which is, you know, an eye roller for a whole bunch of time. But mm -hmm. now it seems to be baked in there that people get it, that this is uh, not about the screens. It's not about the software. It's about what's on the display. And you got to get that right. Yeah, Dave, I think that's absolutely right. I would even take it a step further. I think a, a lot of times... Lately, what I'm hearing is it's it's what about it's 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 all about what's on the screen, but moreover, what story can you tell, right? And that and that and that kind of goes back to you know um, the quote unquote Mad Men days of advertising. What story are you mm -hmm. going to help that brand tell? Which is you know it's actually really fun and exciting to see see it come full circle. 
with a new type of medium, right? Signage is relatively new. Um, well, I know it's not new per se, but um, in terms of TV and radio, it's, it's, mm-hmm. I think digital signage on site is a little bit different. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's been really refreshing to hear people kind of across the board, whether it's this type of industry or that saying, well, what story can you help me? Uh, can, can you, can you help us tell? Because then it's, it's in, in my opinion, I think that is, that is the real value. Um, because it's not just pushing an ad. It's not just having a menu board. It's, it's what story can you tell, which will then inflict some type of behavior or feeling for the consumers. And if we do that well, then you're going to see, you know, all the, all the good things such as higher, higher, uh, higher retention rates, um, you know, probably higher, uh, um, sales at point of sale, et cetera. When you're talking to particularly the IT services people who who lead with that sort of thing, what are the questions they're asking and how are they sorting through who they want to partner with? Because I'm, I'm guessing things like security come up as being <laughs> quite important to them. Oh, right. So I would, I would say it's security, number one. Um, I would say uh, scale and um, not just scale within Again, their scale um, in a campus. Um, there's also if it's a multi-location franchise that has locations all over all over the world or all over the country, can you can you uh, reproduce this in 500 different cities? Right, I think that in itself is is a challenge. Um, I think the installation piece um, and the survey piece is super important. Again, going back to the infrastructure of how something is built, uh, whether if it's a financial uh, uh, industry, a financial service, it's going to be different than um, a college campus. It's going to be, and that will be different than an attorney's office. So having the ability to um, not just be pigeonholed to one vertical is super important for us. Mm-hmm. And do do you have to, particularly running the channel, have to be careful about? how you are establishing what your lane is and how you stay in it, because there are lots of uh, software and solutions companies out there who describe what they do as turnkey. You know, we can do deployment, we can do the front end consulting, we can, we can do whatever you need us to do. Uh, But if you, if you have partners, that's what they want to do. Yeah. So that, that is, um, I guess that's been one of the uh, positive challenges and roadblocks that we've had with growth, right? Um, we start to have a little bit of growth in a particular industry or vertical with a certain reseller type, then we want to pursue that, but it all has to run in parallel to the overall goals and objective of Spectrio. Um, so I would say outside of my world, uh, we're, we're pretty aligned and locked in. Um, I would say with channel and the resellers, um, first and foremost, we we will always want to lead with being a software company. We want to provide the best CMS. Um, but I think to your point, understanding where we can be flexible and kind of um, be more fluid with a particular partner request or type. And it could be anything from how we receive the orders. It could be that simple. It could be, hey, we have a certain uh, um, CRM or some type of software tool that we use to capture orders and send out orders or, you know, billing, et cetera. But it's being very careful about how we, how we move forward. I think again, that uh, when we first started the channel partner program officially in Q3, we were still, we still had more of a shotgun approach and that was purposeful. That was, that was, that was the strategy that I wanted to pursue at first, just make sure I was covering all my bases to understand that 
uh, we didn't leave anything out. And from then, that focus has been more and more narrow. So now we are we are uh, hyper focused on providing the best partnership experience to AVIT uh, media and agencies, as well as those hardware providers. Spectrio started out as doing stuff like music on hold uh, when people used landline phones and things like that and and in-store music, all all those sorts of things. And those still exist within the company. Are they helpful in uh, kind of rounding out the offer for some of the jobs you try to do, particularly in retail? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll answer that in two ways. Uh, First, 100 percent, we were, you know, we we were started as this um, in-store on hold music and messaging company. Um, and that allowed us to have scale and scale quickly. Um, and then, um, and it's still a real big part of our business today, especially when COVID hit, um, it was hard for us to pick up the phone and try to sell signage when a lot of locations were closed. But mm. uh, there were certain products and services such as the on hold that went through the roof. And it was because everyone was picking up the phone and trying to figure out if their local pharmacy was open or if their favorite restaurant had changed business hours. And people hmm. were really trying to take advantage of that saying, okay, well, this is one way that we can actually continue to communicate and update our uh, clients with some type of messaging. Um, but then I think now to your point, yes, a hundred percent. If we, offer a more holistic solution, a full suite of services to our partners and to their clients, we absolutely do so. And I think taking a look at the broader uh, partner world, the ones that are consuming multiple products are the ones that are staying longer, that have lower lower churn, that have higher ASP, that have higher um, overall MRR with us. Um, and it just makes sense. Again, if we can, and that kind of goes back to how we started this day, the same well, let's start the conversation with discovery. Let's understand what the pain points are. And though signage may be the sharp end of the spear, what typically happens if we're being a good partner, if we're providing that training and collateral, not just on signage, but all of our products and services, at Mm -hmm. some point, I bet we'll have a shot at selling in music or selling in content or selling in Wi-Fi. So um, that's been a charge from day one is is let's win the business with uh, what makes the most sense, which is 99% 99% of the time signage, but also having the ability to go, well, what are you doing for music? You know, and, and, and is that a pain point? And then really trying to find the commonalities between our products and services. Yeah. And I, I assume your resellers and your end user customers are happy as clams. If, if they ask that question of, you know, can you do in-store audio too? And, and you say, yeah, we can, because if, if you don't, they got to go out and find another vendor. Oh yeah, I mean you're 100 percent correct there, and it's it's been it's been interesting talking to some of these um, some of the leaders in uh, in the space, such as Frank Pisano and Brightstein and some others. It's it's all of our most of our conversations is around signage, but it's always interesting to see their perspective and and and, and to hear their delight saying, "Hey, you know, obviously we're going to keep the conversations around players and signage, but." oh, by the way, this client or reseller has been asking about music. Can you also provide? And from my perspective, again, it goes back to being a good partner. But what it does for our partners is it allows them product and vendor cons- um, consolidation, which is which sounds just like a simple thing on paper, but it's, but it's really not. Because every vendor a partner brings on that's typically 
another individual, another workflow, another billing unit, uh, another escalation point. And so if we can help our resellers and their clients consolidate their vendors, that sometimes is enough just to just to win the business. And then obviously the second thing that we really lean on in terms of multiple products and services is product diversification. So mm-hmm. again, partnering with Spectro allows, let's say, just a typical uh, AVIT reseller to go, okay, well, we can give you signage, we can give you software, but now we can also provide you with music. We can now also provide you with content. And that was a big play for me in the media space because you think of the Hearst, Gannett's, Charter Spectrums, et cetera. You know, they started obviously by selling just radio, just TV, just print, but over the years have gone digital. And, you know, having that digital component can encompass a lot of different things. So having us provide one or multiple products or services allows our partners just an easier path to success. Mm-hmm. Uh, last question. We're, we're now starting to do trade shows again. Uh, finally, I, I've actually got tickets booked to a trade show for the first time in two plus years. Uh, what, where will uh, people in the signage industry be able to find you guys in the next few months? Yeah, so we've been very, very active. Um, again, it's been it's been a challenge kind of across the industry. I think people are starting to get more and more in tune and okay with getting back on the road, um, mm-hmm. rightfully so. You know, it was, it, was, it was a devastating, challenging time for everyone in every single industry for two years, and it still is. Um, so we've been super active. Um, I would say future focus, we will be at DSC. We'll be at Infocom. Um, and then we are in the very near term, there's a media event out in LA, um, called Locology. And, uh, I'll be speaking on that. Uh, I'll be speaking on a panel about content and digital signage and how to kind of bridge the gap between the two. And it's interesting that is typically a media publisher conference, but we've actually invited a lot of our folks over at Sony and connection and Pomeroy hmm. Right sign. So I think we're going to, my, my selfish goal is, is to help blend these two industries, right? Saying, Hey, these are, these are the, some of the largest media companies in the world. And I selfishly want them to be in tune with digital signage. And here are some of the uh, brightest and sharpest individuals um, in the AVIT digital signage space. Let's actually kind of step out and blend the two. So very, very excited about that. And We'll, we'll have a presence um, at several more, but I'd say Infocom, DSC, um, and Locology are the three that we're going to really uh, double okay. down on, and we hope to see everyone there. Absolutely. All right, Jimmy, thank you so much for take, taking some time with me. Yeah, Dave, thank you so much. This is uh, this is this has been great being a being a fan of it for so long, and now uh, hop on a board's been great. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe you learned a thing or two. If you're new to 69, it's a podcast that's been around since 2016. You can click around the archive and find hundreds of conversations with smart industry people. If you're new to digital signage, you need to be reading 69 at 16-9.net. You'll find more than 8,000 posts by me and expert guest writers about this industry. 169 is not a press release republishing mill like a lot of the stuff out there. If something makes it on 169, that means it matters in some way to the business. Everything about 169 is free. Great sponsors make my work possible, and the key one here is ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. Check out all the curated and automated content available at screenfeed.com. 169, the blog and the podcast, are now owned by Spectrio, which does customer engagement solutions, most of that digital signage, for all kinds of businesses. You'll find them in the Tampa area and online at Spectrio. That's spectrio.com. 
You'll find me working out of a sunny back room in my house located outside Halifax, Nova Scotia on the east coast of Canada. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave Haynes.